Hello and welcome to episode 10. Did anybody think that we would make it to 10 episodes? No. JJ, why not? Because we fight all the time. We hate each <laughs> other. We're just always at each other's throats. We're Cardinal fans and Cub fans. It's just not supposed to work, but we have reached 10 episodes. And if you have come along and you have watched all nine plus today would make your 10th man we love you but if you are just watching this for the first time man go back and watch the other nine stuff it's like thanksgiving leftovers they're still pretty good so jj how was your thanksgiving oh fantastic and by this is i think that keeps us together you got the cubs you got the cardinals but we got the one beer and i think that brings us together thanksgiving was uh fantastic saw a lot of friends and family good times uh, the Cardinals, some good news on the forefront. I know the trade rumors in the hot stove league is hot at it, but the Cardinals uh, had some more awards since we saw you last, since the last time we talked. Uh, Albert Pujols won Comeback Player of the Year. Justin Verlander and Albert Pujols were the two Comeback Players of the Year, so it's the fountain of youth. Albert, what a year. He hit uh, 270, and that was the highest he had hit since 2014. Uh, played in 109 games of 162, uh, 83 hits and 307 at-bats, 24 home runs, 68 RBIs. Just a great way to, to go out. And I just want to thank him for the memories, for the milestones and the great career and season he had. And uh, I'll always remember him with Ollie coming out and changing, taking Adam Wainwright out of the game and him, Yachty, and uh, – and Adam Wayne walking off the field together. That was just a perfect moment. That'll probably be snapshot in my mind forever. Yeah, like I said a few episodes ago, it's amazing what a good divorce will do for your baseball career. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, also, big news. They announced the uh, usually the final award of the year is the MVP, and Paul Goldschmidt won it. And I didn't think there was a doubt. So no. uh, the, I was so proud of that. And he's the uh, 21st Cardinal MVP, although Stan won three and Albert won three. But he is the uh, sixth Cardinal first baseman to want it. And I, I can go through the list pretty quickly here. Jim Bottomley in 28. Stan Musial won two as an outfielder and one as a first baseman. And he played first in 1946. Orlando Chacha Cepeda. Keith Hernandez in 79 when he was the co-MVP with Willie Stargell. Albert Pools had the three and then Gold Goldie in 2022. So, man, that's nice. It's a nice way to finish the year. Um, I know everybody wants to win a world championship, but most of the time you don't. And sometimes, as Vince knows, there's a lot of years in between. So you hang your hat on just the good players and the good moments and the records and you know, you always want to see the good young players coming up and say goodbye to the veterans. And uh, we really, that was just a great time period. Albert Pujols uh, was with us. So it was Larusa to Ollie and uh, a lot of fans, a lot of great memories, a lot of great baseball and a couple of world championships. But one we do. Things, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say one of the things that you said sparked something. Um, 79 Hernandez tied with a uh, Stargell. And uh, I, I was in a, I think eighth grade. And I, I I am not an artist. I have an uncle who's an artist. My daughter's an artist. We have artistic people in the family. I'm not one of them. 
but I would, I was one of those nerdy baseball kids who would, would like draw baseball cartoons. So I, I drew this baseball cartoon of Keith Hernandez with all of the stats, you know, co-MVP and stuff like that. Um, that that That's a fascinating uh, MVP um, study. And there should be a book written on this because it was a time where you had Hernandez, who was on not a very good team, but he had all the stats. He had a monster year statistically. And then you had Stargell, who statistically, he hit about 30 home runs, drove in about 80 RBIs. Why do I keep saying drove in RBIs? He had about 80 RBIs. Um, when I edit this and I hear myself say that, I said, I said it again. So now I'm going to edit this, said it again. But anyway, they they were co-MVPs. They had the same amount of points. But you had Stargell, who was getting the votes because he led his team to the World Series and you had Hernandez getting the votes because he had the statistics. So I think that would be a fascinating book, the 79 MVP race and how two people shared the award for two completely different reasons. You're right. I'm not going to write it. Well, and Willie was the captain of that pirate team pops, he'd give out the little stars for their hats, but Keith Hernandez and not because he was on the Cardinals. I just think maybe him and Gil Hodges, might have been the two best defensive first basemen I've ever seen. Um, and and he was he was really showing that leather off in 79. I know it was 82, and the rest of the baseball kind of caught up and seeing what kind of first baseman he was. But I remember him coming all the way in on a bunt. He would be maybe 10 feet away. And if that bad batter had pulled back and slugged it, I, I don't know if he'd be with us anymore, but he was just daring on the uh, defensively. I seen him. I seen him kind of block out guys taking leadoffs at first base too, because him and Vince Coleman, when he was with the Mets, when Vince would try to get back to first, they'd almost have to run him over to get back to first. And uh, you know, that's up to the umps to take charge there, though. But Keith Hernandez, man, what a great player! We'll have to do a spotlight on him one time. Yeah, I, I think he was forty uh, fourth rounder. Cause he didn't play baseball senior year because he didn't like the coach, which is perfectly in line with his personality. <laughs> yes. I could see that. That happens a lot. You see a lot of guys transfer or they, they leave early from a college or something because of the coaching or I don't know. You never know what was going on. Um, all, we got a lot of stuff coming up soon. I'm excited about world baseball classic. They've started announcing a lot of the players on the rosters and just yesterday, I believe it was Adam Wainwright's going to pitch. Yes. I think that gets you ready for the regular season. You know, down there in the in, in the spring, where the Cardinals are in Florida, I think uh, Chicago's Arizona. You guys are yes. out in Arizona. Yes, we're so I, we never see you guys in the springtime. But you're, it's just you get it. You work in the first few weeks. The starters are only going like thirty pitches and. The, you, the stars might play an inning or two and as the as the spring goes but with this world baseball classic i'm kind of excited about it because uh you're playing very uh, ga- uh games against other uh nations and their fans they come out and it gets pretty exciting so i think uh it could really get him ready for the season he could be off and running a little quicker uh i really like the world baseball classic and it, it kind of gets maligned in the states but it really wasn't meant for the States. It is to have like a, a world cup to, to spread baseball and internationally, it's done a pretty good job of doing that. And I saw, uh, I saw the, the national or the uh, United States roster and I see Goldschmidt, Arenado, Wayne Ryder on it. Um, 
and then I saw that uh, uh, Molina is going to manage the Puerto Rican team. So I wanted to see rosters. I couldn't find anywhere where any of the other uh, countries have announced rosters. Um, I didn't look that hard, admittingly, but I, I wanted to see if there were any Cubs anywhere. I bet there are somewhere because I, uh, I've i seen a lot of uh, uh, Cepetis is coming back and playing for somebody, you know, and he's been out of baseball for a couple of years now. I love the fans, the Japanese fans. They got those boomsticks going. It's a big event, you know. It's exciting. And uh, I enjoy the World Baseball Classic, I think, better than the All-Star game. Just the excitement around it. Oh, and- yeah, yeah, I do too. And I, I growing up, and in my early adulthood, playing softball, and the funnest parts about softball were always the tournaments, Fourth of July tournament, uh, season-ending tournament. Uh, you know, and if you, you know, you can move on towards state in your division. Um, it more baseball classic kind of takes me back to those days. Whenever I was playing softball, and we would have a tournament. You know, it would be just a blast to go out there and play a tournament over a holiday weekend or at the end of the season. And I think that's why I really enjoy it. I like that tournament feel to it. Oh, definitely. The 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 American team, I, I just have to read off some of these names. The two catchers are JT Realmuto and Will Smith. <laughs> that's fantastic. The two first basemen are Alonzo and Goldschmidt. Uh, Trevor Story at second. Arenado and Bobby Witt Jr. at third. Tim Anderson from the White Sox shortstop. But here's the... Here's the icing on the cake. Our the starting outfield for the Americans are Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, and Mike Trout. Wow. Yeah, now Harper's going to miss because of surgery. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, I see them on the roster. Okay, you're right. Well, they got Kyle Tucker and Cedric Mullins, so they, they, they'll be all right. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of pitchers yet. I know the uh, relief pitcher Devin Williams from the Brewers is on there, and uh, and Wainwright. So I'm um, excited. That'll be fun. The the uh, pitcher for the Yankees, uh, Nestor. Now, is he playing for a different country? He, though? No, he's playing for the U.S. Oh, he's playing for the U.S. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that, I remember that's... Mike Piazza played for the Italians. I don't know if you remember that, but he was on the Italian team. Yeah, right? and uh, um, Blake Snell's dad, Ian Snell, played for, like, the Netherlands. You know, he'd never oh. been there, but his family had some heritage, heritage. there. That's so, nice. Yeah, <laughs> They, they kind of, kind of fudge with us a little bit. stretched it a little bit. That's fine. You know, it gives them some star power because I wouldn't have known any of the Netherlands players. Got oh, yeah. Them. yeah. Hey, you were talking about softball. Vince, there is a sport that is sweeping the nation. It's coming fast. Wiffle ball. And I played competitive wiffle ball for about five years. I don't want to brag. I know a lot of people know our team, but we were one time rated sixth in the United States. And we won a couple tournaments. The Sterile Profits. So, wow. oh yeah, we had a t-shirt and everything, but there's a hundred different ways to play, but, uh, there's people who's got fields that look like Fenway, that look like Wrigley. You can play one direction. I graduated be- with, turned his backyard into a wiffle ball field. God love him. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, oh, there's an old comic that plays cork ball that gets all the play- guy, old comics together to play cork ball, Richard Lewis. And he actually beat. Pete Rose one on one in a cork ball game. Wow! I don't think Pete was too happy about it. And Pete missed- probably lost money on it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. He probably they probably charged the mound. 
uh, this year, the the promotions for the Cardinals, uh, man, I'm telling you what, since I was a kid, the promotions just keep getting better and better and better. I've got a Cardinal love uh, hockey jersey shirt on uh, over here behind me. Uh, that that was a giveaway at the ballpark. Very nice. It's right next to the one one card, one cub, one beer uh, clock right there. If you can see it, my they, my wife went to a game and she got the hockey jersey too. So they're fantastic. Nice quality. I bet that's easily a fifty dollar item. That's yeah. nice, you know. So this year though, I'm a bobblehead guy. They've announced seven bobblehead days, and they've announced five of them. What they're going to be? They're going to have Ryan Helsley. He's going to have a bobblehead. Nolan Arenado, but for some reason, they're going to have him on a bicycle. I don't like those. I want him playing baseball. So I don't know why it's something to do. I don't know, but the bicycle event. Adam Wainwright is going to have a bobblehead, but it's uh, the London one for the Cardinal Cub game Ooh. over there. So I, I bet he's going to be wearing one of those Buckingham Palace hats. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be different. It might be too heavy. It might break the bobblehead. Uh, Roger Maris. They're going to have a Roger Maris Cardinal bobblehead when the Cardinals play the Yankees. I love that. That'll be great. I like the I like the uh, older player bobbleheads. And then Ozzie Smith is going to have a bobblehead. Uh, and the Cardinals have announced their winter warm-up January 14th to the 16th. I've never been, but I've talked to a lot of people that go. They like it. It's a, a chance to talk to the players briefly. Uh, all the money goes to charity. They, they'll sign things. Uh, there's a lot of memorabilia there. And... Uh, uh, I, re I I know a few people that's going, but I've never got to go. It's usually I'm working and I can't get to the thing. And uh, next week starts the winter meetings. All the GMs show up, usually in a exotic location like Florida, <laughs> and they uh, they talk out. And you'll see, maybe we'll start seeing some movement. We've seen some trade. We've seen some players signing. I know Carlos Santana signed with the Pirates. I thought that was a good move for them. Uh, he'll probably be dealt by the trading deadline, but. Uh, you, so you're starting to see a few players fall the line. And in our contest, we've got two of the free agents have signed and we've got two people out there that have got both answers right so far. So uh, I just want to catch everybody up on the contest. Uh, I can't go out in the streets without somebody saying, who's, who's ahead in the contest? <laughs> I think it's Robbie Spear and Kevin Lee are the two guys right now that are, are uh, up to win that thing. So we'll see. we got three more guys to sign before we'll find out where they end up it's still anybody's ball game anybody's they ball stay game. in baseball yeah 11 to 1 seventh inning it's still anybody's ball game that's right i, I was at a cardinal uh, expo game like in the 90s and uh it's it's like eight to two and there is a guy who is hitting on this girl that he has no business to be hitting on so i'm sure he had some liquid <laughs> courage and he's like telling herself, like, hey, don't leave. This game isn't over. Sometimes people, I'm thinking, oh, geez, man. <laughs> I should have recorded it when he's so up. Like, this is what you what sound like. So oh. Well, let me uh let me let me hit on a few things. Uh, first of all, um I found this book today. Um, I don't know if you've ever read it. It's from 2007. My daughter got this for me and I used it as a bathroom reader. And these are actual stories from Major League Baseball players and personnel about different hauntings and strange things that happen at stadiums and with, with players. 
And it's it's really a cool book. And I found it today when I was looking for something else. I said, oh, man, I got to push this on the podcast. Yeah. I'm sure it's out of print now. But if you go on Amazon or something, uh, look for Haunted Baseball. It is a fun read. And it, it got me inspired. I think I'm going to reread it because um, I think she got it for me in like 2008 or 2009. And uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was fun to read. So I there's have a, that. There's a, a hotel in Milwaukee that a lot of the players talk about being haunted. Did, was that mentioned in there? Uh, some hotel in Milwaukee? Yes, that everybody yes, says, okay, yes, yes, right. yes. That story is in there. Uh, second thing I want to mention, um, I have a five-year-old grandson, and uh, <clears throat> he's on the spectrum. He's nonverbal. And sometimes uh, new places kind of kind of freak him out a bit. And so we went to this card shop in Fenton, Missouri. And, I mean, it's kind of in the basement of a little like doctor office little thing. It's just kind of, kind of creepy. I guess you could say. So we go in there and of course, you know, being there's not much space, it's just packed. So I, I walk in there with my grandson and my grandson, he, he doesn't like it, you know? And so I, I tell the guy politely, I said, yeah, he's, he's, you know, got, uh, he's on the spectrum and, you know, we're not going to be able to stay because he's not, because this guy was like, oh, it's okay. So he's not, he's not going to calm down. So we go out to the car and then this, this guy comes out and knocks on the window and I roll down the window and he's got like three baseball cards. He said, here, give these to him, which is really cool. But uh, one of the cards that he gave me was Ian Hab. So. Oh, okay. Very, yeah. very, that was, that was a nice gift. And, uh, Last night I was uh, I was at a bar hanging out like I usually do, and so uh, there was a there was a guy there that, that gave me a few things. Uh, Must be a great guy, JJ for the uh, Ferguson Jenkins card. Fergie, thank you, JJ, for the Chicago Cubs book yesterday and today. Very good book, by the way. Most of all, thanks of all for this signed picture of Fergie Jenkins. <laughs> After Christmas, I'm going to make a frame and it will, it's not going to replace Wiley Coyote, but it will go uh, back on my wall here in my nerd cave. So and make it in a man cave. I'm proud. All right. A um, couple things, a uh, housekeeping that I should have done at the beginning. Um, I just want to let you know that uh, we do have uh, all of our social media. You can see it there. Um, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. It's very important that we spread things. Um, you can also reach us by email at one cardinal, uh, one card, one cub, one beer at gmail.com. That's on there. And uh, we are, after the holidays, we're going to start doing Patreon. We're going to have some incentives on Patreon uh, because we, the things that we want to do, uh, like maybe get out of our basements every now and then and do like remote stuff, it's going to, it's going to be a little bit of money and it does, um, to, to do a, a YouTube page and a, a uh, podcast correctly, there are times that there's a financial investment. We're just not trying to get rich for recoup some things. We can also sell our merch on there. And uh, you've already seen the uh, coffee cup and you see the uh, clocks above our shoulders. And we're going to work on a few other things for merch. Um, but they are stuff that uh, you're going to be able to get through Patreon. So uh, excited about that. Uh, we've got some great guests that we are lining up. Uh, we've had two guests so far. We are going to have Max back on uh, with He's Home for Christmas Break. 
Um, I have a friend and uh, she is a huge San Francisco Giants fan and she's going to come on here in January. She's going to talk about uh, the increasing role of women in baseball, which uh, I think is great. And if you're so misogynistic, and think, I don't jeez, man, have a beer and relax. Um, and uh, like JJ said, the winter meetings start on Sunday in San Diego. And for some reason, when they're in San Diego, it seems like those are the funnest ones. I don't know. Yeah. Just a lot of action happens there. But uh, as far as this goes for Cubs news, um, Jose Abreu has been signed by the Astros. Um, so we're not going to have Jose Abreu at first base. Anthony Rizzo has re-signed with the Yankees, so we're not going to have Anthony Rizzo at first base. We were even rumored to be talking to Jimmer Candelario, who has been with the Tigers the past two years, who started his career with the Cubs uh, back when we were the Cubs, and we just didn't have room for him, so we got rid of him. And We got uh, Justin Wilson and um, Avila, the uh, catcher. So, uh, and Wilson was a pretty good part of our bullpen for a while. So we got some stuff for him, but he actually signed with the Nationals. So um, what are we looking at as far as a uh, first baseman goes? Uh, Cody Bellinger um, has had two terrible offensive years. Um, he's just not the MVP he was. Can he bounce back? I don't know. Maybe. But his, his, uh, his, uh, uh, it's just been terrible power uh, everything his defense has been good and one thing that is appealing about him is he does play a really good defensive center fielder and we need a center fielder um we've needed one for a few years a, a true center fielder and he would fill that role he can also play first base and with what we have going on um as far as first base prospects that may not be a bad move if we can get him for a year or two, we're going to have to overpay because there's going to be some other interest in him. He does fit from a theoretical point of view what the Cubs need. Now, on a practical point of view, is he going to bounce back? Who knows? Um, I think he's represented by Boris, and I think Boris has made the statement that he is willing to take a, a prove-it year. Um, so he would be a good fit in Wrigley. Um, because of the uh, shallow alleys as a center fielder, you can cover everything in center fielder, center field, if you're a great center fielder, which he is. Um, and he's a left-handed power bat. So, you know, that, that, that would fit. It would be contingent off. He has, he has a bounce back here. There's also the, uh, the Josh Bells of the world, Trey Mancini, uh, Yuri Gurriel, Brandon Belt, Luke Voigt. And they all excite me if we were a good team looking to go over the top. But as far as a stopgap replacement, when all you can do is play first base in DH, I'm really not interested in that. I would rather have Matt Mervis, who I talked about a few weeks ago. I'd rather have Matt Mervis plug him in and see what he can do. If he can't do it, man, pick someone up off the scrap heap or something, you know, because honestly, if Matt Mervis does not provide punch, I don't see us really going anywhere this year. We we have an opportunity to be a playoff team, especially in this division with our pitching, but I don't think we're going to do it if our if our 
cleanup hitter is uh, Brandon Belt or Trey Mancini. Um, I think we need to sink or swim with Matt Mervis if we can't get Cody Bellinger. Because if we get someone who's just a first baseman, we can't play center field, then we also got to have to find a center fielder. Um, and I'm going to get into that when we talk about prospects, why we are having a difficult time with the center field position. Um, there are some real five possibilities. There is a, a player uh, from the Rays, Cameron Misner. He's been in double A. He's a lefty batting. He's a speedy center field. He's got uh, pretty good uh, defensive metrics and he's ranked top 15 in their system. So I look at that as maybe a rule five possibility that we could pick up because he didn't make the 40 man roster. So you know, we could be a little creative with rule five and maybe find something that would work, catch lightning in a bottle. Um, but, you know, much as I hate to say it, Cody Bellinger just looks like our best option out there. Um, so that's really, that's all that's going on with the Cubs, which means there's nothing going on with the Cubs because, <laughs> you know, it's that Thanksgiving week. There's not a whole lot going on in baseball, but however, what we are going to do, being we're in this kind of a lull week before the winter meetings start, we thought we would pull out 10 prospects that we are interested in. And I, I want to preface mine with this. I'm not ranking these 1 to 10. And I didn't look and see, oh, what are the top 10 in the Cubs system? Some of these guys are in the 20s. Um, I think one guy is in the 30s. But these are just players that intrigue me. JJ, how did you kind of pick out your players? I just looked at them as the guys who were coming up through the system pretty quickly. Uh, all of a sudden, as they went up to, from A ball to double A, they really increased uh, their numbers. Um, there was really no system. I'm not uh, one of these guys that tell you these are the top 40. I just was looking through there, and there were some real eye catchers. And, of course, on all these Cardinal sites that they talk about, you hear them talking, and the top four or five are easy to do. The, the Cardinals, actually, the Cubs and the Cardinals, actually, uh, oh, it's the uh, Baseball America rates the 100 top prospects, and it's always evolving because guys are coming up. So the, the, the list keeps changing, but the Cubs have six, and the Cardinals have seven, which no other team has seven guys in that. Does it mean it's nice to hear that, and it looks good for the future? It doesn't mean anything because a lot of these guys – they come up for a cup of coffee and you never see them again. It's, you know, a crapshoot. But I'm with you, Vince. If you have a guy that your system thinks is the guy, you don't have anybody really bring him up. I have a guy I'm going to be talking about who I'd love to see come up with the Cardinals next year. I don't think we should stand pat, but we're not in the toughest division. I don't think the Brewers at the moment don't look like they're getting any better. And they're talking about trading Corbin Burns. Um, you know, if, if the Cubs and the Cardinals stay kind of, neutral i think we're both in the playoffs to be honest with you yeah and the brewers have also uh been rumored to be shopping roddy telez their all-star and a Colton I, Wong. I, I don't know what they're doing i don't get them i mean these are not high price players you know unless they have something coming in the minors that we don't know about that's going to take their spots and they're going to free up money and go get somebody like uh an aaron judge or something i don't know but i don't you know, they're, they got Yelich because they signed him to a long contract. But yeah, they're stuck there. They're, yeah, that's the thing about them long contracts. They look good when your guy's the MVP, but sometimes things happen like uh, Bellinger. I think Bellinger would be a great fit for the for the Cubbies. 
the Cardinals, we seem to come up with a lot of shortstops uh, and pitchers. We get a lot of pitchers, and I'm not talking to the top 10 pitchers, but we get guys that are in a lot of bullpens around the league, maybe a fourth or fifth starter on other teams. So we develop pitchers pretty good. And my list is made up of quite a few uh, pitchers that are coming and look, they're kind of exciting. So I think the Cardinal bullpen will be pretty good for years to come. So what the Cubs like to do is they like to, uh, when the Cardinals don't tender a pitcher a contract, you know, maybe he's been injured or something. They, they, they always take a look at them. He, he always shows up at their spring training. Uh, Jason Mott a few years ago, I, I remember, uh, uh, Oh, not Andy Bennis, the, the brother who was injured. Uh, oh, Alan Bennis. Alan Bennis, yeah. He showed up at the Cubs spring training one year. And I, I think that's going to happen with Reyes this year. I think he's going to show up at the Cubs. Hey, this guy. Can you, when he's on, he's, he's electric. <laughs> he's electric, but he can't stay healthy. He's got yeah. Tyler O'Neill. I love Tyler O'Neill. He no one strikes out with more flair than Tyler O'Neill. He'll just come right back, ready to go again. But uh, it, when he, it seems like every time he starts getting on it, it, and he's built like a, you know, a bodybuilder, but man, he gets hurt all the time, and we need him. I'd love him to, him to be one of the like the five core guys in the lineup, but I don't know, man. He gets hurt all the time. But he's going to put it together one year, and I hope it's with the Cardinals. But I ain't holding my breath. It ain't looking so good right now. Uh, can I go ahead and start? You want to flip flop on our prospects? Uh, yeah, we can do that. Go ahead and start. You know, I, I just basically looked at numbers, some things that caught my eye. And the first guy I have is Con Connor Thomas. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's 5'11", 173, so he's not a great big guy. He's 24 wow. years old. Yeah, he's not. He's like, uh, you know, but we, there's been good smaller pitchers. Uh, I'm thinking of Wagner with the Wagner. Astros. You know, some of those kind of guys. But usually a pitcher is a long, lanky guy. Or we do Nowadays we do have like the Bartolo Colon look, you know, but they're big guys too. Uh, but 24 years old, was not really lighting it up in the minor leagues. Uh, he The one thing he did was he struck out a lot of guys and minimal walks. But his ERA was very high. But, you know, in the minors, defense isn't what it is in the pros. You just never know. But he went down to the Arizona Fall League and was named the pitcher of the Arizona Fall League, developed a uh, cutter, and tore him up. So he had a 547 ERA in the regular season. And that was over 135 innings in AAA. He did strike out 110 and got 40 walks. He goes down to Arizona Fall League against the best minor leaguers in the game. And over 25 and two-thirds inning, he strikes out 35 and walked five and had a 1.75 ERA. That's great. He did so well that the Cardinals put him on their 40-man roster to protect him. I'm excited about this kid because sometimes your, your big players at 20 or 21, I mean, there are exceptions to the rules, but uh, especially with a pitcher, sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to develop, and he seems like he's right on track. The 24 coming up in the big leagues when he'd be 25, I think that would be great. He's going to get a shot in spring training, um, and that's really all I have on Connor. I'm, I'm excited about this young kid, and I love to hear these kind of stories, and he developed a pitch. You know, Bruce Suter was not Bruce Suter, developed that split finger, and the rest is yeah. history, you know, so... That's my one of my players right there. Mike Scott was not Mike Scott. Just discovered sandpaper and lube, and so he was gone. <laughs> he got the Cy Young. Yes, he did. <laughs> I went in alphabetical order, uh, in, to be fair. And my my first is Kevin Alcantara. Um, 
who is a right-handed outfielder. And this is one of the, this is the main player we acquired in the Rizzo trade. He's 20 years old. He is six foot six, 190 pounds, or as they would say in the South, he's a long drink of water. Um, He has uh, all five tools and they project that these tools are going to be plus tools. So he's got a lot of room to grow physically into his frame. And if he does have the, the power, the speed, uh, the arm, the glove, everything you look in a player, he could be quite a quite a um, an, a, an acquisition for for Anthony Rizzo. Um, in a ball last year, he had two seventy three, had an eight eleven OPS, fifteen home runs, fourteen stolen bases. Now you know big guys like that who are projected to be, to be power hitters. They you know they may still you know 20 25 bases for the first few years and they say ah, you don't need to be stealing bases because we need you healthy to get all runs so i don't put a whole lot of stock at that he did strike out 123 times in 428 at bats uh facing a ball competition so that that is something that's that's a little concerning but he's only 20 and he's got a lot to learn and uh there's there's a lot of tools there and i'm, I'm kind of excited to see when he comes up or you know if he comes up you know I'm kind of excited to see uh what this kid has to offer uh this has been a weird time too because these minor leaguers had to go through the pandemic they pretty much lost a year of uh development yes because of that pandemic and in college too so it's these are uh, you know just new waters for a lot of these guys and so when you hear guys being a little older a lot of that has to do with that time off setting setting for a year and just playing catch you know uh and not organized ball that can do a lot uh you know it takes a while and you know there everybody's got routines there's a routine to all these pitchers and players have my uh the next player i was going to mention and i go with a lot of the first and second round draft choices because it seems like a lot of the spotlight are on them but there's a kid named michael mccreevy he's 21 he's a right-handed pitcher we took him in the first round in the 2021 draft and he was the overall 18th pick and this kid, uh, last year in double-A ball, he pitched 28 games, went nine and five. And really in the minor leagues, wins and losses, that's nice. But you're looking for the, the numbers. And he had a 399 ERA, uh, 144 innings. And that's pretty good for double-A because by the time you're, you'd like to see a guy get, you know, be around 200 innings by the time they get up to the pros. I still think he's a while away. But what, what the thing that catches the eye on him is his accuracy. He is a right-handed pitcher. Uh, he had 30 walks in 144 innings, and he struck out 117. So that I think that's great. That's a very good – I like that those numbers. Uh, in three years at college, he played at uh, UC Santa Barbara. Uh, he averaged – for every 10 strikeouts, he only walked one batter. And that's Division A – or Division One college baseball. So – a lot of hope for him. I think he's probably still a couple of years away. But the way the Cardinals do, they develop these players, and then it seems like we move a lot of them to get named players. I mean, uh, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Ozuna. At the time, we traded some young guys, and we ended up trading uh, Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon, I think, was more in the uh, – maybe that was a Goldschmidt deal. But anyway, at the time, they're – Nobody knows these players. And then you look back later and go, we traded Sandy Alcantara for Ozuna. <laughs> yes, we yeah. did. So that's my uh, second player there. Well, my second player uh, for Cubs fans, we've been hearing his name for six years now, at least six years. Miguel Amaya, 
Uh, he's a right-handed catcher, and he was an international free agent that we signed in 2015. And he has been projected to be our starting catcher for quite a few years. He is 23 years old at this time. He is six foot two, 230 pounds. In 2018 and 2019, both years he played in the Futures game. So he was going to be the future. But we had the pandemic, and then he had to go through Tommy John surgery. And this year was the first year he's been back from Tommy John surgery. So he just de-aged. Uh, played a half a season in rookie ball and double-A ball. He had 261, 824 OPS, and uh, six home runs. So you're looking at about a half season of um, mostly double-A ball. Uh, usually with a, you know Tommy John surgery, the way they've got it perfected, the arm's not going to be any issue when he comes back to being behind the plate. He'll, he'll have his throwing arm back. So being he is only 23, it seems like he's older because, you know, we've been hearing his name since 2016, 17. Oh, this guy's coming up and he's going to be great. Um, hopefully he heals up and uh, hopefully uh, next year we'll see him at the big league le level uh, starting to, to get a few innings under his belt. Um, but it's, it's all going to be contingent upon, you know, how spring training goes and, you know, He's probably going to start in double A, see if we can work up to triple A. Then maybe, uh, you know, see, you know, depending on where we are in the standings, what our catching situation, which looks a little bleak right now when you get past uh, Jan Gomes, um, who else are we going to have? Maybe he, he's he's an answer in the waiting. So I'm, I've been very excited to see him. You know, the Cardinals have a – we're a young team. You know, everybody sees that it was uh, Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright and Goldie and Arenado, but – most of the team are very young guys and a lot of our prospects are up now and uh none of them really uh except for uh oh um donovan who did very well was up for the uh rookie of the year but we have dylan carlson i'm excited about him i think he's a blue chipper juan yespis who Pujols was bragging about uh nolan gorman a lot of these guys are talked about as trade bait uh a lot of people other teams are interested but uh if our minor league system thinks they're as good as they are, but the Cardinals seem to rank our guys a little more than they turn out being. I've looked back through the years and there's a, there's a guy that they were talked about forever. Well, we, I, we could go on and on about Kobe Rasmus, but there was a guy, uh, I think his name was Coleman, Paul Coleman. And he was like our number one pick. He never, I think he got up to triple a, uh, but we got uh, Andre Pilati in the bullpen. And that's what the Cardinals do. A lot of times they bring up these, really good young pitchers and put them in our bullpen. And Andre Pilati started and was in the bullpen and uh, Newbar came up and the fans just love him. So a lot of the guys made the team. I just kind of briefly wanted to name some of those names because this next kid, Zach Thompson, he's a left-hander and that's the Cardinals. We last draft, we drafted four left-handers in the first five rounds. So we we're, we're cornering the market on left-handed pitching. He's six foot two, 215 pounds in 2019 he was our number one pick. He went overall 19th. And last year he was in Memphis and St. Louis. So he went back and forth. Um, in St. Louis, he was one and one with a 208 ERA. And he pitched in 22 games, but he only started one game. And so uh, in total, he only threw 34.2 innings. Um, he right now, uh, he's a young guy, uh, very 24-year-old. Uh, he's a lefty. And that, that's always a plus right there. Yeah. We'll see what happens, but he's he's one of those guys that's been bouncing back and forth between Twitter, AAA and the 
and the the and the uh, and the Cardinals. So we'll see. I'm excited about this kid. Um, I think he's got a major league arm, and I he looks maybe more like with the Cardinals having about six starters, seven starters right now that looks like they could go. He'll probably be uh, you know middle relief right now for the Cardinals. Well, my number three, I, there are three on my list. I, I, I'm excited to see all these uh, people to see what they have to offer. But there are three on my list that really uh, get me going. Um, and the first one is Pete Crow Armstrong. And we got him in the Javi Baez trade. He's 20 years old. He is six foot tall, 184 pounds. And when he came here, of course, who would have heard of a player drafted by the Mets who I wasn't keeping up with the Mets draft choices. Okay. So when they, they got him and I, I started doing research on him, what other people were saying, scouts were saying, this is a major league gold glover. Now center field, hands down best center fielder. He's going to be the best center fielder, defensive center fielder in the national league. If you bring him up now, and when you watch some of the plays that he has had, the minor leagues, um, you can find some of them on YouTube. He is a phenomenal outfielder. Um, he's he's uh, came up, and when they drafted him, his big question was offense. Well, he played low A and high A ball last year. And he hit 312, had an 896 OPS, 16 home runs, 32 stolen bases. So, so far, now this is just class A. He has shown he can also hit. Now, when I was talking earlier about what we're going to do about center field, this is going to be our future center fielder. So, we need a stopgap person. I don't see him making the club until possibly the very end of the summer. Most likely it's going to be in 2024, but we're all really, Cub fans are really excited and salivating over the possibilities. He's going to be on the fast track, and uh, I liked what I've seen with him on YouTube, and I also uh, subscribe to minor league baseball so I can catch the minor league baseball every now and then. I like what I've seen of him, um, and I just think he's got a tremendous future. And in interviews with him, solid person, got a great head on his shoulders. His parents were both actors. Um, so he's raised out in Hollywood. So, you know, there's there's nothing that's going to intimidate him about a, being a youngster playing baseball. So uh, I just like his makeup and his skills and think that he could possibly be uh, one of the centerpieces of our future. I see his jersey. I can see Wrigleyville going nuts for him, and I can see his jersey all over the place. That, oh, yeah. He's going to be a marquee player. I'm excited. I, I want to see that. Well, my I got another picture. Surprise, surprise. And this guy is uh, one of my Arkansas brethren from the fine town of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, where uh, to home of Tory Hunter. I always got to throw that out there. His name is Tink Hintz. Tink Hintz, that's an Arkansas name for you right there. Okay. He, he, he's 20 years old. And what nationality is that? Arky? Okay. <laughs> it's Arky. Yeah, we're 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 our own nation down there. Uh he's 20 years old, six foot one, 175 pounds, and he's only thrown 60 and one-third innings in the professional ranks. He uh, he's down an A ball at the at uh, Palm Beach, 
and he only threw 16 games, 52 and a third innings, but his ERA was 1.38. He's dominating down there, had 15 walks and 81 strikeouts. Uh, they say he has two overpowering pitches, his curveball and his fastball. It's like boys playing with a man down there. He's just dominating, but he has just like a lot of power pitchers. He's hit 97 out miles an hour with his fastball, but with a lot of power pitchers, it's command. So yeah. We'll probably see him up in about four years, you know, but uh, right now he's dominating down there. If he can develop a third pitch, look out. He was a compensatory draft choice for uh, Ozuna. Oh, so when okay. Ozuna went, this is the, the kid we picked up. So it doesn't hurt quite as bad. <laughs> uh, the Alcantara move because <laughs> Tinkins is on his way to St. Louis. You, you know, you, you, you kind of are ragging on Ozuna a bit. But nobody climbs a wall uh, to watch a single bounce 20 feet in front of them like Ozuna oh, He was a good fielder. I swear he was a good he fielder. He won a couple glove ones in Miami. Yeah. I don't know what happened? <laughs> the strip clubs on east side will make it go crazy. Yeah. So my, uh, my fourth prospect is a guy named Ben Brown, who's a right-handed pitcher. And this is one of the the things that the Cubs have done really intelligently the last 10 years, getting veteran players, uh, plugging them into where they really succeed, and then trading them to contenders and getting something back. We traded uh, this summer Dave Robertson, who was closing and doing a very good job, sent him to the Phillies. He's a part of that Phillies run. So, you know, they got what they wanted. We got what we wanted. Uh, ben Brown's 23 years old. He is six foot six, 210 pounds, or as they say in the country, he's a Haas. Um, <laughs> in 2017, he had Tommy John surgery, um, but he he's rebounded nicely from the surgery. His fastball's in the mid-90s. He has a hard sinker. He has a good curve, and he's learning a change. In uh, A and double-A ball last year, he had a 3.38 ERA in 104 innings, which is really good for uh, – the uh, caliber of ball he's playing uh, against there to have a 3.38 ERA. But what I'm really excited about, 104 innings, 149 strikeouts, so a lot of strikeouts, and a 1.17 whip. So um, power pitcher, uh, good body for a pitcher, uh, hopefully someone who can who can go deep into games. And, uh, you know, if, if he does learn to change to go with his uh, – his uh, fastball and slider, maybe they junk the curve. I don't know. Um, he does sound like someone who could be intriguing. Um, um, possibly might see him on the roster uh, this year sometime. Uh, I'm getting into my top 100 prospect guys now. I went the easy way, and I just – all the rest of them were in the top 100 prospects. Um, I'm going – the number 90th top prospect, according to Baseball America, is Ivan Herrera. The catcher, he came up with the Cardinals this year. Yachty, for some reason, was down. Went back home to watch some basketball games, and him and Kisner split time. Uh, Herrera is a young guy; he's 22 years old, and I think catching might be the hardest position just to walk, come up from out of the minors and play. You're calling pitches, your your defense. There's just so much to know, and it seems like hitting takes a back seat. Defensively, he did a fine job. Offensively, he didn't even hit 200. Uh, it was a, it was rough, but in the minors, he hits. 
they he was one of the top 10 prospects for catcher and he will be and a lot of time it just takes a while for a catcher to 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 catch uh, to come on and and uh in memphis he hit uh 268 this year and in the minors he's a 276 hitter and i think if we could get a hitter a catcher that hit 250 i'd be so happy i kind of like to see the cardinals grab a veteran work with them i'm sure yadi will be back in and out you know through the year working with them and uh, they're pretty close um but he's very good defensively, but he only hit he only hit 111 with the Cardinals, but he only had 18 at bats too. Yeah. So if we get a if we get another uh, you know Murphy uh, uh, Tucker Barnhart, I think is his name, uh, a Kirk, somebody like that, and Herrera could play behind them and get some part time playing. I think that'd be fantastic. But Ivan Herrera, uh, he's five foot eleven, two twenty, and he's only twenty two years old. And uh, he doesn't strike out much. Sounds a lot. And I don't know if you remember, but Yachty was not a hitter. He was a 220 hitter and he developed into a very good hitter through his years, but it took a while. Yeah. So Yvonne Herrera, I like, I'm, I'm anxious for that kid to come up and play. Well, my prospects, this is the second guy I'm most excited for the one who, you know, makes me feel like I did on my wedding night. Um <laughs> Brennan Davis, who's a right-handed outfielder, and for Cub fans, uh, we've heard his name for a while. He's a second-round pick from 2018. He is now 23 years old. He is six foot four, 210 pounds. He is the biological son of former NBA All-Star uh, Reggie Theus, um, although they apparently had no relationship. But he does come from an athletic um, family. In uh, 2021, he was the MVP of the Futures game, and uh, he went to uh, AAA this year um, out of spring training. We expected to see him in the outfield sometime in the summer, and he had some some issues with his back. I think it was a nerve issue, and so he had to have a pretty serious surgery. So when he did come back, he, he had some issues. He played some rookie, some class A, played you know, triple uh, A, and he only had 141 at bats because of the surgery and only hit 191. Up until this point, he has hit, he has hit with power everywhere he has been. And he um, can also play center field, which is one of the reasons why, you know, where are center fielders? Well, they're coming. A ball and banged up right now. <laughs> um, he did a uh, uh, go to the Arizona Fall League, and I think he had a couple of home runs like the first couple of games, and then he had they had to shut him down from back tightness, so that's a little concerning. So he's kind of a, he's kind of a wild card. We don't know what's going to show up at spring training. If, if he's completely healthy, he could make the roster coming out of spring training because we desperately do need a center fielder, and that may be you know the quiet thing the Cubs are thinking. Okay, Brendan Davis going to be our center fielder. You know, I don't know. But uh, I'm, I've been looking to see his bat in the lineup for the last couple of years to get a good look at him. And I, I have seen, uh, saw a couple of the minor league games this year before he got hurt. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see him. And hopefully he bounces back and is healthy and can become a productive member of our lineup. I'm terrible at pronunciations of names. So please forgive me on some of these names. Uh, our 76th... Uh, top prospect in the top hundred is a kid named Gordon Gracefo. Gracefo. He's a right-handed pitcher, six foot four, 210 pounds. 
He's 22 years old, so he pitched in college, and he pitched at the University of Villanova. They have a lot – there it's a top-notch uh, college system there. So he's pitched, uh, you know, in a lot of big uh, – the the College World Series. Uh, he's he's done very well in college. Um, he's in double-A right now. To me, that means he's about two years away. Uh, this past year, he was 7-4 with a 3-9-4 ERA – through 93 innings and struck out 83 and walked 24. He's got a fastball that's 94 to 96. Vince, when we were kids, 92 was incredible. Yeah. Now these kids are coming out of college throwing 96 to 100 miles an hour. I, that, you know, I can't believe it. And Wainwright, his fastball might hit 90, you know, but he knows how to pitch. There's a difference. Uh, but uh, I've, I've never seen anything like that. These young kids, how they're, Picking pick up, he's got a fastball that's 94 to 96, a promising slider, a sinker, and a curve, and he's projected to be a mid-rotation pitcher. So the Cardinals have, most of these guys I'm naming are pitchers, but the Cardinals have a lot of pitching coming. I'm sure a lot of them are going to get traded for other players, but uh, it's nice to have all these players coming. It's exciting, you know. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I've, I'm finally going to mention another pitcher. <laughs> my my sixth player is Cade Horton, who just this past summer was our first round draft pick. And I'll tell you why he intrigues me. He's 21 years old. He's six foot one. He's 211 pounds. He had Tommy John surgery surgery in February of 2020, and he opened 2022 as the Oklahoma Sooners starting third baseman. And he didn't pitch until March 29th, so he's a two-way player. He finished the regular season, first-round draft pick, finished the regular season college ball with an ERE of 7.94. How the heck did he get drafted in the first round? Um, <laughs> in the postseason in the College World Series, he took off. He posted a 2.61 ERA, 49 strikeouts and 31 innings, and the Sooners finished second in the College World Series. What happened? A mechanical change in how he throws his fastball and slider has made all the difference. And suddenly this guy who was looked at, wasn't even looked at as a pitching prospect. I thought, okay, well, he's had Tommy John. It doesn't look like he's responded. Suddenly they're saying, wow, this guy, now that he knows how to, how to throw his pitches, we're going to take a chance on him. He wouldn't have been drafted that higher, that high, but money is slotted when you're drafted, and they they got him for a cheaper price so they could use some of that money in the later rounds. Um, it's kind of complicated. I don't maybe one day I'll spend a half an hour talking about it, but um, he probably would not have been drafted that high if it wasn't for the circumstances. But he is intriguing to me to see if this guy uh, has truly turned it around or if that was just a flash in the pan and we wasted a first round pick. So he didn't, don't have any stats because of course he didn't play last year in the minors, you know, while I gave you his college stats, but he doesn't trade me. Well, my next player was up with the big team at the end of the year. And uh, Alec Burleson, he's the 75th uh, prospect in the top hundred. Alec Burleson is a guy we have. It seems like we've got like three guys. We've got uh, Yespis and we've got, uh, there's a kid Gomez that's coming and they're all like DH first basemans. Uh, he was drafted in 2020 in, in the second round. 
He bats left, uh, throws left, and he's six foot two, two twelve. Now this kid is a contact hitter. He and he kills right handers. Uh and I, he's about a 20 home run, projected to be about a 20 home run hitter. Uh, and he kills righties, like I said. In the minors, he's got a lot of bats, 888 at bats over the years. And he's averaging 300 throughout the minor leagues. Uh, I'm very excited because I think this guy could be a great bench player and, you know, fill in some spots, maybe right field, first base, and DH. Um, the only weakness is he's not a very good – I mean – they say he's a below average fielder, but we've had a few below <laughs> Azuna. <laughs> we've had a few below average fielders out there. Um, but, you know, I truly believe you can be taught. You can be, you know, you can make yourself better. Willie McGee will be out there working with this kid. I'm excited. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of big guys that can just put the bat on the ball. And he has a great, uh, he doesn't chase balls outside the strike zone. So I think there's a place for him on our team. Uh, and they'll probably be like the fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder, you know, the the third, first baseman, that kind of thing. But uh, I'm excited about him. Alec Burleson, remember that name. What's his name? Oh, Alec Burleson. <laughs> I remember. Okay. My seventh is Ed Howard. Um, he's a right-handed shortstop. He was our first-round draft pick in 2020. He is 20 years old, six foot two, 185 pounds. Um, if you're a Little League baseball nerd, you may remember his name because he was part of that great Jackie Robinson South Little League uh, World Series finalist team from 2014 that Obama praised and they uh, threw out the first pitch of the cup game and all this stuff. And then all the suburban families uh, basically ratted them out for uh, uh, getting players outside their boundaries. And uh, it's, it's kind of a shady deal because uh, – Suburban teams have done the same thing for years, but, uh, you know, the inner city hasn't went picking on them. There, there, there's a documentary on this. It, it looks a little shady, but I'm, I'm getting off subject. This kid has a great glove and, um, he, his, his bat started slow, but he started catching up at the plate as he was getting used to the pitching. And then he had a tremendous, uh, hip injury sliding into a base this year. And, um, the hip surgery has put him out and um, this could be a career jeopardizing hip injury. So, you know, not just because he's a first round draft pick from Chicago, which would have been a great story. I, I really would like to see him be able to bounce back and, you know, not have, not to be snuffed out as a, you know, class A guy who class A ball player who, who had a terrible injury. So that's why I put him on the list. I, I just wanted to give a little love to a guy who, who I hope uh, recovers and uh, continues his baseball career. First round draft pick, uh, the, the gloves here at shortstop. So, you know, Ed Howard, number seven. Well, I got uh, my uh, next player is a pitcher. Surprise, surprise, a lefty, another surprise starting pitcher. Matthew Libertor. Now, Matthew's known because he was drafted in the first round by the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays, and he was the 16th overall pick. And uh, he looks like a blue chipper. He looks great. I mean, uh, we traded uh, in a trade. It was a five-player trade. We sent uh, two guys over for three, but Libertor was the uh, the big pick in there. We tr sent uh, Jose Martinez, a fun-loving first baseman, a nice guy but couldn't play a lick of defense and Randy uh, Rosarina. 
and that was a big player for them. And we got Livator. Livator's done pretty good in the minors, uh, but uh, he's uh, he's only 24 and 22, but he threw 350 innings. And like I said, he's only 23 years old. He's six foot four, 200 pounds. I mean, he looks like, you know, he looks like a blue chipper. Uh, 352 strikeouts and 350 innings. So strikeout an inning and 118 walks. We'd like to see him clean that up a little bit. But uh, he's averaging nine Ks or nine Ks in nine innings and three walks in nine innings throughout his minor league career. He came up and he didn't knock everybody dead. He was everybody heard this name, Matthew Livator. And he came up and he went two and two with a 5.97 ERA. And uh, I just think he needs a little more work. I think the Cardinals going to be very happy with him. He'll probably be like a third or fourth starter. Uh, he's a left hander, like I said. He's he grew up with uh, Nolan Gorman. They're best friends. They played high school ball together, and here they are on the same team together. So I think that's a that's a cool side story there. But uh, I think this kid, we've got four starters that are it's the last year of their contract. So things are going to be changing the following year, and Libertor might be a big part of our plan uh, come 2024. Yeah, he's one of those guys you you've heard the name for years now. So I thought he was a lot older because of because of that very reason. Yeah, yeah. My number eight is a pitcher named Luke Little. Uh, he's a lefty. Finally, we come up with a lefty pitcher. Uh, he's a fourth rounder in 2020. He's 22 years old. He is six foot eight, 220 pounds. So he's a big dude. Um, what is intriguing about him is he hits triple digits. He has hit 102 miles an hour with his fastball. His fastball is a starter. It sits about 97. He has developed a wipeout slider to go with that, and he is striking out a lot of players, uh, a lot of hitters. He is learning a changeup. And what they are doing, what, what the Cubs are doing um, with their physically bigger pitchers, which is kind of the trend in baseball, they're realizing – Bigger pitchers can pitch better as starters because they have more stamina um, with all the with the more body mass. So uh, bigger guys tend to be projected as starters, whereas smaller guys who throw hard, you're throwing in the bullpen so they can just air it out. And uh, usually you hear a guy hits 102 and, you know, his fastball sitting at, you know, at 97. Uh, this is probably someone you could maybe plug into being a closer. Um, because he's also got the slider, but they are really working hard to teach him the changeup uh, so he can have three pitches and come up and actually be an effective starter. And, um, you know, initially it didn't look like you know, maybe a fifth starter one day, but now they're saying, you know, maybe like a third starter, maybe a second starter with all that speed uh, with his fastball, with his slider. If he can learn a decent changeup, he's got a chance to make an impact. Well, I, I saved my – I'm most excited about these last two guys. Nothing against those other eight. I think they're eventually all going to be in the big leagues. But uh, my ninth guy is – I'm going to try to say his name correctly. Messin Wynn. He's a shortstop. He's 20 years old, and this kid can fly. Uh, he's five foot 11, 180 pounds, and he was drafted in the second round. He wants to be a two-way player. He can also pitch. He did very well come uh, uh, in high school and things pitching. Uh, he throws, he's got like a Sean Dunstan arm. This kid can throw over 100 miles an hour. And uh, he is projected 
possibly to steal 50, 60 bases. He dominates. Now they're going to next year, they're going to have those bigger bases. Yeah. It might even help him there too. Um, I don't think he's quite ready to come up yet. And uh, like I said, his age is 20 years old. And I was looking at some stats of uh, Trey Turner, and he didn't really become Trey Turner until he was like 24. So um, it might take him a few more years. I don't think he's quite ready to come up. They could bring him up. I've seen shortstops come up that were just, you know, a 200 hitter who were great defensively. They said right now he plays gold glove quality defense at the moment, and he's got that incredible arm. I don't think the Cardinals are ever going to let him be on the pitching mound. Uh, I really don't. Uh, he's too valuable at the shortstop position. But in the minors, he's hit 264, and uh, and he stole 75 bases over his minor league career. He's down in Double A Springfield right now, getting you know working up. I see him being up at Triple A this year. We'll probably get to see him at, at spring training. And in the Arizona Fall League, he hit 294 and had in 68 at bats, he had nine, nine stolen bases against the top minor leaguers going. Wow. That's a yeah. lot of stolen bases. He's not a stolen. He has no, he's not, he's Ozzie Smith. He doesn't, he hit one home run, I think in his minors in 800. Well, actually he hits more home runs than Ozzie. He had 17 home runs in his minor league career and 859 at bats. So, you know, he'll be one of those guys that might hit, walk into a one or two home runs. Or if we're in Wrigley and the wind's blowing out and he gets one in the air, it might go out. But other than that, I don't see him hitting a whole lot of home runs, but I'm excited about that kid. And we might have, we might have two or three, base stealers on the team here real soon. So that's exciting. Yeah, I, I am happy that the bases are bigger and the stolen base is going to become more of a weapon. Um, I, I, I miss the Ricky Hendersons, the Willie Wilsons of the world. David uh, Lobes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just screw up, screw up with the pitcher's mind, you know, is taking them Oh, away. it's intimidating. You it can is. see them. Yeah. It is. And it's fun baseball to watch. It really is. Uh, my number nine, I'm not going to dwell on because if you go back to episode six, you'll see my dissertation on Matt Burvis. But he is the third in my uh, uh, trilogy of players that I'm really excited about. I expect him to be um, a big part of the Cubs offense this year. I expect him to at least get three, 350 of bats, if not more. I expect to see him at first base and designated hitter. And um, for the year he has put together, um, that has spanned A ball, double A, triple A, triple A in the Arizona Fall League, where he has dominated at every level in every league. Um, he's he's maybe the reason that, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to bray you, but I'm kind of thinking, well, I, I do kind of want to see this guy so bad. Maybe yeah. if we can't get a first baseman, you know, they'll put him on there and say, hey, you know, sink or swim. And I, I hope that's what happened. I'm really excited to see what Matt Mervis can do when he comes up to Chicago. Well, my 10th guy, and Sat Lewis is so excited about this kid, Jordan Walker out of Georgia, uh, came right out of high school. And he's a number eight prospect. He's a third baseman outfielder. The Cardinals have a lot of third basemen, but guess what? We got Arenado over there. So they in the minors, they worked with him playing the outfield, and they said he plays top notch he's a he's a great athlete this kid is six foot five. he's 20 years old and he's six foot five 220 pounds and you know he's going to grow into that body too this this kid looks like he's going to be something special the, the minor league system the cardinal minor league said he's the best minor league player we've had since Pujols and Traveras coming through the system um he's at double a springfield and he played in the arizona fall league and this kid is just um 
They did. He could steal 40 bases, I believe, but they don't want him stealing bases because they don't want to risk him getting hurt. I think he'll be like more of a calculated when we absolutely need some base yeah. stealing uh, there. He uh, he hit 306 this year. Um, he hit uh, he hit. Uh, let's see, what, what? Oh, 310 with 33 home runs. 310 with 33 home runs. Um, it's exciting. Uh, and uh, he has an elite arm. He can throw almost 100 miles an hour as well with pinpoint accuracy. Um, and he was the, he was uh, our 21st overall pick in the uh, 2020 draft. I would love to see him come up this year. If we're not going to go after anybody and we think he is as good as he is, I know he'll get a chance at spring training. He came up last year, and I think he was just pressing. You know, you're a 19-year-old kid. You're up here with all the pros, and you're just – he was, and he just – he was striking out too much. I think he was really trying to show show everybody what he's got. But after another year of seasoning, I think he's going to come up. And I'd love to see him be our right fielder uh, this coming year. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to see what he has to offer. And uh, one of the good things about our rivalry, um, being in the same division, is we do get a good look at each other's young players when they come up. And I like I remember when – Pujols came up, you know, watching him and just being marveled and, and me thinking, well, he, when's he going to cool off? Well, <laughs> about his third year in Cal in, in Los Angeles, he finally cooled off. But, you know, we thought uh, the so, same thing. I, I was like, I didn't think he'd make the team as, in spring training and Bonilla got hurt and they just kept, he, they couldn't send him down. He just kept yeah. hitting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it is, I am excited to see him. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was excited to see Libertor, although I did not catch any of the games he pitched in for the Cardinals, which is probably good. So I'll be able to catch him this year. And uh, I'm, I'm also uh, looking forward to seeing uh, uh, Nolan Gorman to see if he develops. And um, I, I kind of see him as trade bait with, yeah, I, I really do. I think Cardinals uh, fans are split. Half of them think this kid is going to be special. He he's learned a new position. He was a third baseman, so he's learning second. He did a fine job, nothing you know, fine player at, se at second. But he's got a lot of power with his bat. He he needs to make more contact. Uh, I think half the Cardinal fans say that what you're saying. I think he's trade bait. And the other half say, oh no, we can't get rid of this guy. He's he's untouchable. But I think anything that make the team better, I'd move him. But I don't want to. But if if yeah. it's a deal too good to be true, I would I would make that trade. Uh, Sean Murphy, um, if if the Cardinals do not get a catcher, um, that is the perfect uh, Oakland uh, player that they look for, a guy who is major league ready, um, and he's going to play there. So I, I could just see that trade developing over the winter. Me too. My final player is uh, uh, Casey Owens. And uh, he's a right-handed outfielder, and he was acquired in the U Darvish deal. And if you'll notice, um, this is the fourth player that I have said who's been acquired in, in a trade. So the Cubs have done a great job trading for talent. And I didn't even get, you know, I only focused on 10 players. We have a lot of players in the minors that we've done a really good job trading for i didn't include like caleb killian who we got in the chris bryant trade who did have a cup of coffee with the cubs this year 
uh, they say he he's going to be great. I didn't I didn't put uh, Hayden Wisnowski on this because he pitched the whole last month, even though he's technically going to be a rookie this year. Um, I I didn't want to put him in there because I've seen him and talked about him on here. But uh, Owens is twenty years old. He is six foot four, one hundred ninety pounds. So he's got a lot of room to to grow into that frame. Of all of our prospects, they say that he has the highest ceiling as far as being a pure power hitter. Um, and what I like about him is all the reports are that he has a very good uh, understanding that he needs to go to the op- opposite field. So he's just not trying to pull the ball and kill the ball. <laughs> Hardy bias. But anyway, um, he'll actually go to the other field. And another thing that I like is he takes his walk. He walked about 19% of the time, which is really good. In high A this year, he hit 254, had a 751 OPS, 11 home runs. And, uh, but like I said, what we're really excited about is there is a high ceiling for him. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see if he can grow into something. And uh, maybe we possibly did get something really good out of the Darvish trip. I think the robbery is going to be alive and well for years to come. I'm excited about seeing these players. And the Cubs have had a lot of guys. When I go to the stadium, uh, you know, I remember I loved Rick Sutcliffe. Oh, we're going to get to see Rick Sutcliffe pitch today or Bruce Suter. I didn't, I love Bruce Suter, but on the Cubs, I didn't want to see him because that meant you guys were leading the game and we were going to lose. But there's been some great Cub players through the years that I've, I've absolutely loved to watch play. Mark Grace. I always uh, the best compliment I could give a Cub or any other team's player is, gosh, I wish he was on the Cardinals. You know, and Mark Grace was always one of those guys. I just love that guy. Grace, uh, one year when he was uh, going to enter free agency, the Cardinals were seriously looking at him, and then the Cubs resigned him. I do remember the news that that was. That was a possibility, and that was probably the catalyst that pushed the Cubs into giving him the offer that he wanted um, because it's 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 like Contreras, man. Cubs fan, don't, we don't want to see him go there. Even when Ryan Terrio went to the Cardinals, you know, what the heck's he doing? You know? I think the Cardinals do a little of that. Eh, like Lester, hey, come on over, you know. Although he wasn't the Lester, he was here. That he is was with yeah. Y'all. I don't mind a set the pitch for the Cardinals. I don't mind it when the older players, you know, finish yeah. you with Cardinals, you know, help them, whatever, whatever. But you know, when someone's in their prime, it's like, mm, no, yeah. no, no, so, Oh yeah, JJ, I am opening up. Oh, oh, 1991 Major League, the Collector's Edition. Oh, that's up for deck. Yeah, yeah. Who are you? What are you? What are you going to open up? I have 1990 Donruss. I went with a wax pack right there, the old ah. classics. Uh, I'm trying to mix it up all the time and and see what see what we get. So uh, you got you, we're going old school today, both of us. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Being I actually got the foil package <laughs> off. Um, oh, Tom Bolton who uh, never quite reached the heights of Michael Bolton. I've never heard of Tom Bolton. So. Uh, Jay Howell. These are stuck together. Jay oh, Howell. Really yeah. Dodgers. I, I um, remember him with the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. Was it the 88 playoffs when uh, uh, he got 
thrown out of the game for having a substance on the ball. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> of all the memories, that's the one you remember. <laughs> and here I have Jeff Gray. There he I is. I remember him. Throwing a baseball. That's what he yes. did. I... Oh, one of my favorite ex-Cubs, Carl Tuffy Rhodes, who one year on opening day for the Cubs had three home runs off Dot Gooden. And we thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to be great. And he wasn't. But Everybody anyway. that after that game, they went 162 times three. Oh, he's going to hit 500 and whatever home runs this year. Uh, speaking of set, Cliff, I have uh, uh, Mitch Williams, who used to close for the Cubs. And uh, his okay. nickname was Wild Thing. And he had a crazy windup. And he had a great uh, quote when he was pitching for the Cubs. He says, uh, um, Sutcliffe is out there pitching like he's in a rocking chair and I'm throwing like my hair's on fire. <laughs> my big memory was the home run to Joe Carter. He fell yeah. off the mound. I know. Poor guy. Yes. Uh, I have Rich DeLucia. Oh, yes. Rich DeLucia. I don't remember he him. He might have spent a little time with us. Mariners. Okay. Oh, I remember Pete Shorick. Pitch for the, the Astros. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, here's a guy who is very polarizing, Gary Sheffield. Oh, yeah. He'd w has wiggle the, that bat. Yeah, has the uh, MVP or uh, Hall of Fame numbers, but uh, got, got, some, uh, got some issues there, <laughs> steroids and the like. Uh, ooh, I, I like Turner Ward. He's a solid player. He's one of our coaches this year. That's be, right. Yes, he came over. Uh, I'm excited. So, um, Stan Belinda, uh, reliever for the Pirates. I think he closed for a year or two with them. I like those jerseys, those black gold jerseys. <laughs> a checklist. Uh, Ooh, former Cardinal, Tom Hankey. I love Tom Hankey. He spent his last year with the Cardinals. Yeah. He tried to talk him into coming back, but he was ready to retire. Did a good job with us. Yeah. Toronto Blue Jays probably right there, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rich Garces. Oh, my gosh. The man that we traded to get Sammy Sosa, George Bell. Spent one year in Chicago, hit about 30 home runs, got rid of him for Sosa. That was it. I'm, oh yeah, he was a very good player. Now this this is this may be a collector's item. This uh, sticker, this uh, oh yes, the Cleveland hologram. Indian, yeah, because uh, they're no longer Wahoo. Yeah, and oh, Hall of Famer. Hold on, I got two cards stuck together again. Uh, let me do this one. I, we've had him before. Uh, we've mentioned him one arm. One-handed catch, former MVP Kevin Mitchell. Yes, that it, that three-player death row of uh, the Giants had Clark Williams and and him. Hall of Famer and famed uh, sexual enhancement nutritionist pusher Bill Frank Thomas. <laughs> I think he's known more for that now. The big hurt. I just see him and Doug Flutie because Doug Flutie's on that commercial too. Andy Van Slyke too. 
what do you, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. Let's, let's go off together and get a boner. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sword. We're on a podcast. I'm not in a comedy club, right? Sword fighting. What do you got? Oh, I got the 90 uh, Donruss. And they had a puzzle. And it's uh, Carter Skripsky. And I pray to God that's his forearm. I don't know what the hell that is. But I think that's his forearm. <laughs> All right, now we're getting now we're getting to the cards. Please let it be his forearm. All right, we're gonna get taken off here. All right, this is what the cards look like. They're a little red framed and Frank White. And I tell you what, that guy, I love Frank White. I think the Royals only have three players, their numbers retired, or three guys that were on the team. Dick Hauser, Frank White, and of course uh George Brett. Uh David West, and uh he is a twin right here. And, uh, you know, a nice player, a nice yeah. player. Oh, oh, I forgot about this guy here with the Blue Jays, Tom Lawless. My memory of Tom was the home run. run, the home run. He flings that bat. I mean, probably the best bat flip I ever that seen. Was, I think that's like the first bat flip I ever saw. And I think he flipped it back because he thought, did I just do that? Look out. You know, he wasn't known for his home runs. And it barely went over the wall. I remember I was in the Navy at a YMCA watching that game by myself in the YMCA watching that game. Was that oh, the 87 man. World Series? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember the announcer said something like, um, after he hit it, you know, before the game, I asked him if he could help, if he was going to hit one out. He said something like, yeah, I've had like a three, three wood or something like that. <laughs> Oh, Tom Lawless, man. Oh, it's Kevin Mitchell night here at the show. Look at there. Look at that. That guy. Leave your glove at home. It's Kevin Mitchell night. That's right, man. That dude. I, if we if it was a team fight, I want Kevin Mitchell on my time. My thing. Uh, oh, I'm going to mention this guy well, while we're talking here. Uh, the great Dale Murphy, Atlanta Brave great. And there's a chance that this weekend – the Veterans Committee's voting on players. They got to have 75% of the vote. Dale Murphy, two-time MVP, classy guy. Um, I just love this guy. And I think he's got a real good shot at making it. Um, I know there's uh, Bonds and Schilling, or Shillings on it, and then Bonds and Clemens. Um, let's see. Dale Murphy. Uh, there's a few more. Uh, that's oh, oh, the crime dog. Yeah, I'm the, they showed a stat on MLB today of the crime dog and bonds through their first like eight years. And it was almost identical. They were the, pretty much the same player hmm. crime dog. I would put him in there for some reason. There's a second Kevin Mitchell card. What the heck? It's Kevin Mitchell night here at the ballpark. Kevin Mitchell. He probably came in there and I said, okay, more cards for you, Kevin. Uh, Oh, Jim Gatner, a very nice player. Oh yeah. Gatner, Milwaukee Brewer. Brewer. Yeah. Gantner, Molitor, top of that lineup in 82. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we are. The man that could climb the walls. Bo knows baseball. Bo, Bo Jackson. Oh. I I was living in Kansas City when he had uh, that breakout year. And when he got hurt in that football game. Yeah. Oh. Um, they he, said him, Kasenko, so and Nolan Ryan were like, if they showed up, on the road, the 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 uh the attendance was much more back then in those years. Bo Kasenko, Nolan Ryan, though those were the major attractions in baseball. Yeah. Oh, to me, my lifetime, this might be the best hitter 
pure hitter, Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Of my lifetime. I love Tony Gwynn. Mr. P Mr. Uh, Padre right there, you know. He did get to play in two World Series. They didn't win, but he got to play yeah. in them. Uh, they have a salute here, the Diamond Kings, to Steve Sachs. Oh. I yeah, I think of him as a Dodger. There he is with the Yankees. But I remember he had the yips. Remember when he had the yips? He was yeah. throwing all the dirt over their heads. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Terry Steinbeck, Oakland A's. He was a big yeah. part of those A's teams that were really good for about Catcher. three years. Yeah, yeah top, top-notch guy. All-star. Uh, Few times. Chicago Cub. We can't we can't do this without a Cub player. Dwight Smith. Dwight Smith. Very good. Yes. They had a real good year, and he was one of the big catalysts on that team. Yeah, 89, they made the playoffs, and he Jerome Walton got rookie of the year, and he was the runner-up. So yeah, they had that, the top two rookies. That was an exciting team. Yeah. And I man, I don't oh hey, we're gonna end on a cub. Uh help me out with the name Paul Ozenmacher. Ozenmacher, yes, lefty. I, yeah. I love that. I just love it because it's Wrigley Field. You can see the ivy. Uh, I love, I love the Cub uniform, uh, like that Fergie Jenkins picture. Picture you have. He's got the Cub on his sleeve right there. Classic. But if I bought a Cub uniform, I would buy the blue jersey. And I, of course, Ernie Banks would be the player I'd get if I got a Cub jersey. You know. So anyway. Well, JJ, there's, this there's is some Cub love there. This has been fun. Um, I have liked talking about the prospects. Um, hopefully there's some movement uh, with the winter meetings. We've got some good stuff to talk about next week. Um, aside from that, uh, go to Amazon, get Haunted Baseball, get your baseball fix in, play some strap baseball, uh, get yourself a little video game of a baseball game. <laughs> Order yourself a one card on one cup mug. Listen to the classic Pat and Ron, <laughs> Pat Hughes and Ron Sano show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ron Sano. Yeah. So, anyway, well, you have a great day and weekend. We will talk next week. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Mm -hmm.